Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson. What Became of Dr. Smith by artist Noah Satterstrom is on view now through September 22, 2024. Learn more at msmuseumart.org. Welcome to the Mississippi Arts Hour. I'm Malcolm White. I'm your host today, and we are recording on the campus of the University of Mississippi at the Center for Southern Documentary Studies, I believe. Colonel, is that right? Something like that. Southern Documentary Project. Southern Documentary Project Center. And we are in the Kennard Building, for those of you who are interested in our location. But we're on campus on a a very rainy day here in uh, late February. And we are... Today my guest is Earl Dismuke. Earl is a recent and current fellowship recipient uh, of a visual arts fellowship from the Mississippi Arts Commission. Earl, welcome to the studios and welcome to the Arts Hour. Hey, thank you guys for letting me come. Yeah, man. So you you live around here close. That's one of the reasons that we're here is we were able to come up north here and talk to some of the people who aren't normally in Jackson. So you, you live in Oxford? Is I that do right? live in Oxford. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you been here a long time? I've been, I came to school here in 2002 and never left. Never left. But you didn't grow up here. I didn't. I grew up in Winona, Mississippi. It's about an hour south of Batesville on 55. Mm-hmm. And um, it's I grew up on a little cattle farm there. We had about 100 head of cattle. Wow. So yeah. you and the Browns, Larry yeah. Brown and those boys, I think they... They raised some cows, too. So uh, you went to school uh, in public schools in Winona? Went to to school in public schools. Um, I I joke, I say the only thing that really kept me in there was football and art. So (laughs) those two things really were able, I was able to. Keep you interested. Keep my interest. Uh And then from Winona, you went to Winona High School? From there, I went to Winona Winona High School. Um, I got into a gifted art program there. Uh, ran by a lady named Jean Gutierrez. She was out mm-hmm. of Greenwood, excellent artist, and she really opened me up to what art actually could be. Do they still have that program? It they they still school? do. It's ran by a classmate of mine now, um, Shirley Hamilton. Right. Yeah. So and so so you <clears throat> you did the visual arts. Did you do all form of art or just the visual arts? So I only did visual arts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how, like in a typical school day, would you just have one art class? We would have one art class a day. And but you, then, go ahead. But you had to be in the gifted program. You had to apply. So you had to take a test to get in there. Yes. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. They had op- opportunities. You could do choir, uh, visual arts, or you could go to the band as well. And all of those you really had to try out for. I see. And so was it there that you first developed a curiosity and an attraction and love for, for, for art, for visual art, for the stuff you do today? I, it definitely matured it, for mm-hmm. sure. But, you know, I grew up, again, on, on a cattle farm a little ways out from uh, Winona, the city of Winona. So I was— So you are out in the county. I was out in the county, yeah, and mm-hmm. I was by myself a good bit. Uh, so— I grew up, we had a humongous box of Legos, and I would just build with those for you, for hours, you know, and didn't know what I was doing, That it was, uh, but, you know, just that kept that creativity going as a young child. And then as well, you know, I spent a good bit of time just wandering the fields and the land, and I'd collect dinosaur bones is what I'd call them, but they were actually uh, cow bones, <laughs> old dead cow bones. Right, right. And I'd take those home and have a collection, and so... 
pretty much so. That's as a young child, I've always uh, done that. So now, a lot of what you do involves welding, and so you learned to weld in high school or later. So I actually learned how to weld on the farm mm-hmm. out of necessity. So Just a, a you that's a skill you got to have when you're running a farm. Right. If you break equipment, you need to really be able to fix it. Mm-hmm. So I learned from my stepfather how to weld there. So no Votech school, just on you just learned from him. Y- yeah, on welding. Now I did take Votech vocational classes at at the univer at not the university, I'm sorry, at uh Winona High, but they I took building trades. Okay. Yeah. And uh that shop. W- yeah, shop, yeah. exactly. So there you were able to, I guess, develop a little bit more of your mechanical piece. Right. So you're in a visual arts, gifted art program, and in shop. So yeah. I could see how these two uh, might have merged later on. And then you came to Ole Miss, right? So uh, uh, first I went to Holmes Community College in Grenada. Okay. And I got an associate's degree from there in computer-age drafting. And... Um, Learned how to draw in 3D on the computer, but I really didn't like being in front of the computer. I was wanted to be hands-on more. So, what was some of that? Looking back, was some of that helpful to what oh, you did? Oh, it is very helpful. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. So you got gifted visual art in in high school. You got shop welding and mechanical, and then you, at homes you you got the the drafting and the computer skills, and then you're off to Ole Miss, right? That's right. And then you came here, and now what did you study? I immediately University. went into the uh, art program, and, and I got my BFA in sculpture here. And who'd you study under? I studied under, at the beginning, it was Bill Beckwith was mm-hmm. the sculpture right. professor there. And then as halfway through, Durant Thompson came on. And what did you uh, migrate toward once you got in college? Did you begin to see a trend or things that you were interested in or or did you continue just to do your general studies and and the sculptor sculpting was your your main interest it it really was sculpture was my main interest and uh just uh, i've always been much very much so a people person so a lot of my time here was spent socializing <laughs> as well. well uh, they have a degree for that here yeah. i understand <laughs> so you finished up at Ole miss and and then what so I finished up at Ole Miss, had a small stint at the Yachnapatafa Arts Council, uh, was assistant facilities manager for those guys for a short time, and then went over to um, a company here in town called uh, Oxford Landscaping mm-hmm. and uh, worked, worked there for a little while and all the time, you know, working on art at home. And then um, we bought, I met my wife right before I got out of uh, school. And we we ended up buying a house here, and I went to work at FNC, the software company here mm-hmm. in town. So, and I've been, I'm still there still today. There. Yeah. And that's a company that's really growing and expanding. And It is. It's, it's, been a, it's been a great opportunity to get to work there, and a lot of smart people. Um, and, yeah, they, so the original owner sold a few years ago. Yeah, to I a, read about that. To a company out of Irvine, California, so... And it, it has grown. Right. And y'all sort of have your own campus out there. We do. Uh, and about how many people work there? Oh, roughly 150, maybe. And, and so what is your day job? I mean, what is it that you do out there? So uh, my day job is I'm a business analyst for mm-hmm. this company. So I basically 
meet with the clients and I gather their business needs for whatever software changes we're making and then I relate those back to our development team and testing teams to make sure we do that right. Right. Now when you were at the Yakmatotho Arts Council, were you aware of the Mississippi Arts Commission and and the partnership? I was not at the time. Uh And this was back in 2007. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and I I was not at all. When is the first time you actually heard about us? I mean, you applied for a fellowship. How did did we get on your radar? I started uh, hearing about you guys through Facebook and social media, Mm -hmm. through probably the Yaks Facebook page. Right. And and that's really how I started following you guys. And then I had a few friends who had gotten grants from you guys. Uh, Alan Inman is a good friend of mine, and mm-hmm. he got a grant from you guys, and I uh, just started paying attention to you guys. Was this your first application to us? This was. So you, you got the fellowship the first time out? Yes. And what was the experience like? I mean, I'm curious, like, was it arduous, difficult, a lot of work, Not, or was it a pretty easy uh, process. You know, so it was it was pretty easy and and nice because the staff there was very helpful. I don't like emailing. I'm on the computer all the time. Right. I'm I'm very much so would rather call you and talk to you that uh-huh. way. I know a lot of people don't like that, but I was able to call in and Diane helped me so very much Diane and Williams, en- and encouraged me. Mm-hmm. She encouraged me tremendously. And so from there, you know, I just it, it was very helpful. All of the staff there was very helpful for and me. And you have since come to the office and, and met with Diane. I Absolutely. I saw you there not too long ago when you were in town, I think, for the exhibit. That's right. Uh-huh. And and so we had an exhibit at the Mississippi Library Commission to honor all the fellowship recipients this year. And and you, you brought some of your work and, and, and had an exhibit there. And I, I'm sure it's down by now, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It went down last month, yeah. Mm-hmm. And what was that experience like? Had you ever been to the Library Commission, ever been out there to the R&D Center? I had, ne- I had never done any of that uh-huh. uh, and didn't know that area was even existed in Jackson. It's a really amazing building there, and uh, all of that group was really great to work with and uh, was a great opportunity. From that show, uh, I met several people patrons of the arts from jackson great yeah hope hope some of them bought your work <laughs> or plan to yeah hopefully in the well, future. they're definitely on my uh email list now good, so good so um because you have a, a full-time day job tell me a little bit about what your uh, time your allocation of time for making art is like so and i so i have the full-time job and i also have uh four kids under the age of nine and under. <laughs> yeah, I was so, going to get to that. Oh, well. <laughs> That's good. But really. There's it, another couple of jobs. <laughs> I'm, I'm very fortunate enough that my wife's very supportive of this and a very selfless woman. And so usually the way this works is, is I'll come home and if there's things going on, I'll go out to the studio immediately if no one's if nobody's home and they come in for dinner. Mm -hmm. But most of the time, the way it works is, is we come in, we have our family time. Once everybody's asleep, Ollie's out there about nine and work and then spend, you know, anywhere from to like 12 o'clock till one making things. And then also I'll take, I'm fortunate enough, FNC gives us a good bit of 
PTO time. Mm -hmm. So often if things come up, I'm able to take off and I'll work on things then. And do, do the kids get involved? They do. They do very much so, sometimes more than I would like for them to. <laughs> yeah, they're, but, they're curious. But when they, but you know, when I'm working in metal, I don't really want them in there because I don't have all of the equipment that they, you know, I don't want them to burn their eyes staring at welds or mm-hmm. getting metal in their eyes. But I do have another section that's kind of what I call the clean studio, and they can come in and paint, and that's that's a lot of fun. It's a it's a whole new energy when they are. I'm sure it is. It changes the the yeah. studio dynamic. Yeah. Now, is your studio uh, in a garage? Is it a, fr- a freestanding building that you built? It's a freestanding building. It's a it's just a metal building, thirty by forty, twelve foot tall ceilings, and just open for space with a partition wall down the middle of it. And, and you, it's in the backyard. Was it built to be your studio, or was it built for something else? No, it was built to be the studio. So I convinced my wife that I could make a little bit of money doing this, <laughs> and, and she uh, she said, "Okay, we can either um, we can either do the, redo the kitchen or build this studio." And I convinced her, "Okay, well, I, maybe I can refund this money by making these sales and arts." And that's kind of how that works. She she was she allowed me to do that, and it's been great. So, um, describe, if you wouldn't mind, describe the studio. I mean, like, what kind of equipment, how do you have it set up? Talk a little bit about the work that you do. So, I have, on one side of the studio, there's a 10-foot tall, 10-foot wide roll-up door, and Mm -hmm. that's where I'm able to bring pieces in and out. I could back a truck in and load something up and then back out. That side of the studio is uh, solely for doing metal works. So I've got a welder in there, I've got a plasma cutter, an air compressor to help run the plasma cutter, and then all these different grinders and cutters and tools to do that. And it's full of, uh, it's, it's full of scrap pieces laying around the floor too. So Okay. Well, we'll talk more about that. Let's, let's take a break here and listen to some music. And uh, Larry and I have Selected some North Mississippi music to to go with our theme of being here on campus uh, at the University of Mississippi in Oxford. So we're gonna ha- we're gonna listen to a little piece uh, from uh, our buddy Kenny Brown, uh, the Hill Country uh, Festival man, and I believe we're gonna hear the first tune, aren't we, Larry? From now on. So this is Kenny Brown from now on. Welcome back to the Mississippi Arts Hour. I'm Malcolm White. I'm your host today. I'm also the executive director of the Mississippi Arts Commission. Uh, today we are uh, on campus at the University of Mississippi, and uh, I'm here with uh, Larry Morrissey and our special guest today, uh, Earl Dismuke. Earl, welcome back. Hey, thank you guys. So, Earl, describe for our listeners uh, exactly what you do uh, and, and so that they can get a visual, if they're sitting at home, uh, of exactly what kind of art you make and what it looks like so the pieces that i make are i have two different series that i make one of those is i take found objects that may be uh ordinary that you find around the house and i build those assemble those into smaller pieces usually wall hanging pieces Mm -hmm. and i can take those and um, just build little environments with those those are smaller pieces. And then I also work in scrap metal, what the fabrication companies call their drop. 
So when they go out and and cut out tools, right? They have all this what they skeletons, mm-hmm. and I go and buy those for scrap price, and then take them back into the studio and and build things. So it's out it, of like them. if you're making paper dolls, it's the leftover paper. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> yes. So, so so you take that and, and do you melt it down, or do you just cut it up and use it in different? pieces so I, I usually cut it up into different pieces and from there i'll weld it together and try mm-hmm. to make interesting compositions out of that do you start with a theme or an idea or do you just start with a piece of of raw metal and just start tweaking it and see where it goes for me it's 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 very much so a subconscious kind of thing and i'm not i don't really ever have a plan laid out i just take one piece and grab another piece and how they relate to one another and kind of build that composition from there. A lot of times I can build a nice composition in maybe two hours or so, and other times I look at pieces for months before I mm-hmm. finish them. So the storytelling component of this, does it evolve in the making? It does. As opposed to you wanting to tell a story on the front end? It does. So very much so, and that relates back to the smaller pieces. Mm-hmm. If I find a... so I. Not only do I go to these scrapyards and fabrication companies to find pieces, I'll drop by little uh, whatnot stores and and, uh, antique shops Uh and just browse their stuff. And if something calls me and looks interesting to me, at that point I'll I'll buy it and bring it home. And uh, for me it's a lot about collecting Uh and taking. And there may be a piece that I got five years ago and it finally, I connect with it and have a story out of that. Are, are these objects that you find and, and buy at thrift stores, are they made of, of various materials? Absolutely. They're, they're not all made out of metal, right? No, they're not all made out of metal. It could be plastic, plastic, wood, uh-huh. uh, flowers. So you mix yeah. all those mediums together when you're creating your story pieces. That's right. Mm-hmm. And and do you primarily work from just notions that you have, or are you a commission from time to time to to create pieces? I, d- I do get commissions from time to time. I, I hadn't in the past, and that was very freeing for me to be able to just kind of let that creativity evolve as it comes. Uh-huh. Uh, and then when you get the commission pieces, those are nice to have, but um, they also, it's nice when you get offered to do a commission piece and they don't really tell you what they want they just say i love your stuff and i'd like for you to make a piece for yes the yard for the house absolutely whatever Mm -hmm. and that's 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 way more freeing as an artist to get to do that can you describe uh maybe a recent commission piece just for our listeners like what it might look like or is it maybe the story someone asked you to tell or something like that so uh recently uh, Beth Ann Finley uh-huh. asked me to build a piece for... The Poet Laureate. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> to build a piece for uh, their backyard. And so I'm I'm working on that now and, and coming up with designs for that. And it's been... That's been fun because she gave me total creative freedom to do so. Did she, did she say she wanted a certain size or... So she kind of showed me... Or say I want it to go right over there. She said, this is going here and we're going to get this re-landscaped. And so... Yay or nay, and here's here's a budget, and so yeah, so and we work that way. She and she likes bright colors, so she said if we could do red or orange, that'd be great. 
So talk more about your colors. So I know you. one of the things that really separates you from sort of a traditional sculptor who works in metal is that you really use a lot of bright colors. Yes. And, and so you paint the metal? Is that... I do. I, I, I paint the metal. The metal, the paints that I've been using are either a Rust-Oleum paint for, mm-hmm. for metal, or I've recently found out that um, Sherwin-Williams has a latex enamel that I can use, and the color spectrum is wide there. They can pretty much mix any color that you want that's mm-hmm. at their location so, there. So you paint the whole piece or just piece parts of the piece? Parts and pieces and sometimes the whole thing. Uh-huh. Um, color for me is, uh, it brings a whole new challenge. So I'm very much so used to working in the 3D and, and looking at that composition. And when you bring in color to something, uh, it, it totally changes the dynamic of it. And so that's that's a fun challenge to have that I much so enjoy. But for me, I'm, I'm like you said, I'm very much so using traditional art form of like David Smith and Julio Gonzalez and artists like that who were doing this back in the 60s and 70s and even 50s. But bringing in those bright colors is what I'm, you know, trying to bring a little bit of uh, contemporary to that. We're visiting today with visual artist Earl Dismuke. Earl is a recent uh, visual arts fellowship recipient uh, from the Mississippi Arts Commission. He works in sculpture and metal and found pieces and um, mixed media, I guess you would call it. But we're we're here with Earl uh on the Ole Miss campus, uh, and we're happy to have you here. You, right before I interrupted you, you were talking about some of your influences and some of the people who 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 make the kind of art that you make, and, and I was sort of curious, like, when did you first see what you now make and think, that's what I want to do? So for me, it was uh, going into college and, and being uh, open to all of the different magazines that they had and books that they had, they gave you an opportunity to flip through those books and look. And from there, um, you know, and then Internet came along, along uh-huh. and you could look look up different things that way. But I think one of the first artists that I ever saw that I thought to myself, wow, I, I want to do stuff like that is uh, Mark DeSuvero, who if y'all have ever seen his work, it's – he does found objects as well, but they're extremely large. He uses uh, eye beams from mm-hmm. skyscrapers and and builds these fifty foot tall pieces, and wow. then will include, you know, a swing on that, so it's interactive as well. And and from there, that just kind of opened up doors to this is you know I've seen this kind of material around my farm before, so <laughs> right. maybe this is the route I need to go, and. That's that's really how that happened. What's the largest piece that you've you've ever built? The largest piece I've built uh, is a twelve foot piece called uh, Molly Ringwall, and it's out at uh, the, the actress or the band. The band <laughs> and the actress. She's so the way that name came up. Um, it, it's a piece made out of rings and half rings, uh-huh. and um, was looking at colors to paint it, and, and I didn't want it to just be you know raw metal i wanted to i wanted to give it some life and so i paint i picked out this purple that i wanted to paint it and um so i i brought it into the studio i put a primer on it that was white 
and then I started putting the paint on it afterwards. Well, because of the white primer, I didn't know this. This was a learning experience for me. Mm-hmm. It didn't give you that true purple plum color oh. that I was looking for. It came out more fuchsia. And my wife walked in and said, well, that's pretty. It's pretty in pink. So, that, <laughs> And it had rings on it. So that's how the Molly Ringwall <laughs> came to it. And where is it? It is now at the Treehouse Gallery in Oxford. They, they've they started placing um, outdoor sculpture around there, and so I have a couple of pieces there now. And and Walter Neal uh, from Treehouse also works in metal. Do you guys, are y'all associates? Do y'all work together? We do. We collaborate quite often. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny. I just got a notified that I got a big commission for the city of New Orleans for the Poydras Corridor. It's really? ran by Sculpture for New Orleans. And so... We will probably build that piece out at his studio. He has a little bigger studio, and so we'll collaborate and build that piece out there. And and do they and some do they rep you? They are they sort of your. So we don't really have a um, a contract or anything, mm-hmm. but yeah, they they help. You. They they do a lot. Mm-hmm. So also, I, I know uh, that you love to integrate sense of humor into your pieces. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so I'm surrounded by these silly kids all day, and they say some silly things, and it's just, it's fun. And so in my name of my pieces, I try to either throw in things that I remember as a childhood that was were said to me, or I was called, or the things we even call our kids now. Like, I have a piece uh, called Dingbat, and, uh, you know, traditionally, that's not a... A compliment. Of, a compliment, but growing up, my mother called me that, yeah. and it was, I looked at it as a term of endearment. You know, right. it was yeah. it was very much so a compliment, so <laughs> I've, I've named pieces. Where does the, where's the dingbat now? The dingbat is uh, at home. It's a smaller tabletop piece, and that's actually the piece that will be commissioned to be built in uh, New Orleans. Oh, really? Yeah. Now, did you submit it by using this as a model? That's exactly right. Okay. So, and was there like a call for artists and you responded? Uh, so I have a uh, mentor, Michael Mangeris, who ran Sculpture for New Orleans for years. And he's part of that program. And he helped um, get that in. So I submitted it to him. And from there, he submitted it to their committee. So he teaches at? He does not teach he at all. Teach. He's a sculptor. You just met him along the way and began to, to work with him. And, That's correct. And he became your mentor. Yeah. I cold called him. Really? Yeah. And, and he, it's, he said, you probably said, you probably get a lot of calls like this. And it was. And he thought it was a crank call because of my southern accent. He said, who is this guy? Is this a joke? And, you know, from there we built a relationship and have been friends ever since. And he has a studio in New Orleans? He ha- he actually lives in Texas. His studio is in South Texas. Oh. Right right outside of Corpus Christi. But he's done sculpture parks all over the United States. Hudson River, he had a, something to do with that and helped start that, as well as uh, uh, Texas Sculpture. Uh, he had placed in different places around uh-huh. there as well. So, Where, where are some places... Uh, Say in Mississippi, besides the the places that you've named, where people could see your see your work, is it on public display in some places? Uh, right now, I don't have any pieces on public display. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a new avenue for me. I've always built smaller pieces, 
And and so within the last two years, I've kind of started building larger pieces. But soon you'll have a piece on Poitras Avenue That's in New Orleans. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Pretty prominent placement yeah. there. I'm excited about that. All right, we're going to take another break uh, from our visit with Earl Dismuke and listen to uh, some more uh, Oxford North Hill Country music, I guess you could, could describe it. And, and this is from right off the square in Oxford. This is... This is Wiley and the Checkmates. This is a song uh, entitled Dog Tired. Welcome back to the Mississippi Arts Hour. I'm Malcolm White. I'm your host today. I'm uh, in the studio on the campus of the University of Mississippi in Old Kennard Hall here. Uh, We want to thank our good buddy Andy Harper, who runs a program here uh, that if I... It's called the Southern Documentary Projects. Documentary Projects program at Ole Miss and uh, Andy's the director and he is hosting us today and we're really happy to be in this cool space here on campus at Ole Miss. Uh, we occasionally go out on the road like this to to record some arts hour uh, interviews with people who aren't in regularly in Jackson uh, where we typically record. We typically record in the studios of Mississippi Public Broadcasting uh, out at the old R&D Center. But we're really happy to be here in Oxford today and uh, to talk to uh, six regional artists here in this area and to get those recorded for the Arts Hour. So today my special guest is Earl Dismuke. Earl uh, is a sculptor and um, artist, a visual artist who works in metal, found objects, uh, and bright colors with senses of humor. How about that, Earl? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so... Um, Let's talk about some of the work that you've done locally. I know that the Yakmatatha Arts Council has uh, started a, a sculpture trail, and I know you've been involved in that. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So uh, the the Yakmatatha Arts Council and I, as well as uh, the university and the city, uh, about five years ago, I, I came to them with the idea of placing work outside in the uh, public realm out at the Lake Patsy Park. And from there, um, it grew and evolved into what it is today. And so now there's also pieces placed around uh, the city in different locations and also the university. So is the Lake Patsy Park, is that the Old Country Club? It is the Old Old Country Club. What was it called? Lamar Park. Lamar Park. And it's still called Lamar Park. So there's this enormous walking trail Mm -hmm. around it, and I've used it many times. And I guess it was the old uh, golf cart pathway i don't know but they're lakes and berms and they're and so out there now y'all have added this sculpture piece yes pieces so so we have like nine pieces out there now and we rotate those out every year so uh that that was really much so a labor of love and, and a fun project to get to work on and it really helped me uh build relationships with other artists around the country being able to do that and whose piece is that that is in the parking lot of the Yakmatatha Arts Council. There's a big sculpture piece there. So there's actually, I believe there's four pieces there. Oh, okay. And uh, I think one of the, I don't know who's actually rotated out right now, but uh, at, at one time there was Jim Gallucci out of uh, Greensboro, North Carolina, Andy Light out of Kentucky, mm-hmm. and then uh, I believe... One of the other pieces was uh, by, let's see, I'm not sure. But those rotate. Those do rotate. How long do, does a piece stay before it's then moved to some other location? So they usually sit on a two-year cycle. Okay. 
and they'll they'll be there for two years, and then they'll rotate out and do another. So you don't have a piece out at the Lamar Park? No, not at this moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you have in the past. And, and, and no, I haven't. You haven't. So, You're the curator. So I, I've helped pick the pieces in the mm-hmm. past, so it didn't really make sense for me to put a piece out there of my own. This year I actually stepped down from the role there, and so the hopes are that I can place a piece here in my hometown. Gotcha. So that's exciting. Yeah. Have you uh, visited the sculpture garden at Delta State University at the Bologna Center? I haven't, but I hear I hear it's wonderful, and I want to see cool. that. Very uh, cool. A lot of permanent pieces, but also a lot of pieces that rotate uh, in and out, uh, and and it's uh, it's been a really neat project for for that university. Nice. And I think Ole Miss has a few pieces, don't they? I know one time they were they had four or five pieces on campus and were maybe thinking about adding to it. You know anything about that? So they do have a few pieces that are part of the uh, Yachna Sculpture Trail in mm-hmm. front of Meek Hall, the art uh, department building. Right. And those rotate out. And then recently, this past year in the fall, there was a uh, show for George Tobolowski. And there were pieces on the museum uh, grounds as well as one or two around like there's one still in front of the inn at Ole Miss and it's amazing if you guys are, oh, yeah. have a chance to go by and see that that's great he's another mentor of mine he he works in found objects and uh has really helped me in that realm as well where is he based he's based in Dallas mm-hmm. so this uh Exhibit that the University Museum had. Uh, it, it was an exhibit of sculpt of large sculpture pieces, and it. Tell us about that. So yeah, it was his. It was all George pieces, George Tobolowski, and it, they were indoor and outdoor pieces. And I had the opportunity to get to work with the museum on that and um, help facilitate the pieces that went out around town, and work with the business owners there to get those uh, organized and, and placed, and then uh, got to curate those particular pieces around town. So that was really a great opportunity for me to get to do that. And is the piece at the end at Ole Miss the last of them that is still that is still in Oxford? The, that one, and then there's a couple still around on the grounds of the museum. Oh, okay. So does the museum have a collection of, of outdoor sculpture pieces other than these two? Uh, as of right now, they have a few on loan, but other mm-hmm. than that, I don't think so. But that may all change soon. Who knows? Yeah. Well, hope, you know, we, we would be hopeful that they would. Uh, I'm, I'm visiting with Earl Dismuke. Earl uh, is a visual artist uh, who has recently received a Mississippi Arts Commission Visual Arts Fellowship uh, Award. And I would be curious because they're, that award is both... I, I would suppose prestigious and encouraging, but it also comes with a bit of money. What what did you use your money for? So I'm very much so interested in networking mm-hmm. as well. And so I had the opportunity. I took some of that money and went to the International Sculpture Conference this year and uh, was able to meet a lot of people from around the U.S. that were doing the same thing I did. And it was really a blessing to get to do that. It's kind of like you... You find your tribe. Yeah. You're there. Where was this? This year, this past year, the one I went to was in uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And so we went up there for a few days and they do uh, demonstrations and then have artists talk and, and different people talk about different things around the sculpture realm. And so that was really great. 
from getting to do that, it's it's opened up a, a lot of doors for me getting the grant itself. So from there, I was able the opportunity to apply for the uh, South Arts, right. and, and that that's a big chunk of change there as well, and and really great for artists to have the opportunity to do that. And that's something I wouldn't have known about had it not been for the fellowship grant. Yeah. But with that grant, I was also able to, you know, I mentioned the things that I have in my shop now, and a lot of those are from that grant, like the air compressor that I bought, the plasma cutter, things like that, just materials that you need mm-hmm. regularly. It's And it's been great and liberating to have that opportunity to do that because otherwise I kind of would have to stay sure. where I was with what I had. Well, I think that's very much part of the reason the fellowship concept exists so that you can receive both notoriety and a sum of money that would give you the opportunity to go and do things that you certainly would have never been able to splurge on and think through ideas that you would give you a bit of financial freedom to sit for a minute and explore. And I think what you're describing, your use of it by going to the international conference and purchasing equipment and having a, an opportunity to expand your portfolio seems to be like a a beautiful uh, use of of public dollars. And, you know, Larry and I, you know, we work in a, a world where we get a lot of grants. We talk to a lot of grantees. Uh, there's a lot of bureaucracy involved. Sometimes it just seems like, oh, you know, it's just this ongoing deadline, paperwork, uh, you know, get your stuff in. And it's just great to get to see the other side of it and talk about the reward and the fruits of, of that labor and, and to, to know that it was helpful in some way. Well, it, and it was. It was tremendously helpful. And it, it, it talking about the notoriety, it, it really it, it has helped get me on the map here from Mississippi. There's a lot of people who wouldn't have known about me without that, so... And have you ever sort of struggled with the idea that what you do maybe isn't viewed as fine art? It's just metal and found objects? Or have you always felt like it was fine art? I have, uh, but I'm kind of biased. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's fun. The one thing that I like about what I do is, for the most part, it's none of it's representational. It's all, and it, art's real subjective anyway. Mm-hmm. And so you you do get some people that tell me said well you know I liked this piece that you did here but that right there just it looks like a uh, a bunch of metal piled up <laughs> and that's okay you know that's what they see in it and, but the good thing about that is is I, I think it invokes some sort of emotion to them or they wouldn't even responded to it so right do you remember your very first emotional response to art absolutely. Um, and then a lot more from there. But I can remember, for me, when I was a kid, I, rural community, we didn't have a whole lot of art other than that program that I was mm-hmm. telling you about, the Gifted Arts program. And they took us on a lot of different field trips. And so we uh-huh. got to go to the Mississippi Museum of Art as well as the University Museum of Art. And from there, that opened up my eyes to, wow, th- these people kind of have a language that I have. So it was like a school trip? It was a school was it trip. Just it's for a, the, it was for the just for art. the. It was a school trip just for that uh, gifted art program. Mm-hmm. Have you ever traveled down 
uh, to Brookhaven and, and seen the high school for the arts and see what they're doing down there? No, I haven't, but I'd like to do that. It's fascinating. You know, it's a really important program, and it's kind of unique in Mississippi where kids, I think the juniors and seniors, they, they, they go down there, and it's a residential school, and they their whole curriculum is built around their art farm. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's cool. So what's what's in the works? What are you working on? What's what you got ahead? Got big shows coming up? Commissions? What's going on? So I have a piece and uh, that's going to go down on Poitras. I was telling you about, and I'm excited about that. That'll take up a good bit of time. Will this that year. be a large piece? It will be a large piece. It'll be 11 foot tall, probably seven wide and um, around four deep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it is going to be a large piece, and. Um, so that'll be a, that'll be a lot of fun and take up a good bit of time to build. And then I have a show in at uh, Studio Waveland, which is an excellent little gallery. If you get a chance to go down to Hancock County, uh, there's not a lot in Waveland, Mississippi. Uh-huh. Not but, much left uh, after Katrina. Absolutely, but this building is 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 a wonderful space, and and they're making big changes to the art scene down there. It's it's fantastic. Um, it's so down that, on Coleman Avenue. I believe so. Yeah. What, what was the main street it with is. the library and the city hall and yeah, yeah, it, it, and it's a it's a great space and they're bringing in a lot of collectors mm-hmm. from uh, you know the surrounding areas and it, it it's been nice. I had showed there last year and uh, had great response, mm-hmm. so it was exciting. Also, uh, I had the opportunity to be asked to be on um, the selection committee for or not selection committee i I apologize for the exhibitions committee for this next year's international sculpture conference so they'll be the one that you attended yes wow yeah that's great it is it is you must have made some great contacts i I did i did it's it's, it's, if i would tell any artist anything is to go out and find mentors and uh don't be afraid to ask questions and network 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 well, Earl, it's been great to have you here. Our guest today, Earl Dismuke, who works uh, and lives in Oxford and around Yakmatothal, uh County, as Mr. Faulkner would call it. And uh, he, he's a great sculptor and a recent recipient of the Mississippi Arts Commission's Visual Arts Fellowship. Thanks for coming in, Earl. We enjoyed it, and we hope to see a whole lot more of you very soon. Well, thank you guys so much for letting me be here. All right, that's it for the Arts Hour. We'll see you every Sunday at 5 o'clock on MPB Think Radio.